Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're freshly squeezed juice or merely tang, from Call Me Calmly to Boomerang, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He's the titular best damn friend. It's my co-host, Evan. He's my hero. He's my man. And he's my best damn friend to the end. It's my co-host, Saker. Yeah, we did it. We're both the best damn friend. That's exciting. I don't like the idea of a best friend. Are yeah, you? I feel like that puts way too much pressure on somebody, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 something you do when you're in like elementary school or something because you feel like you have to quantify. Yeah. Um, yeah I feel like like yeah, a best friend should shift, right? Like you know, people come and go, and you know, relationships change and sure. things like that, and you know. But what's the relevant? Why even have it? I mean, it's not like I I just say these are my friends. They, these are my best friends. Yeah, I feel like I've been introduced as a, someone's best friend once or twice, and it's it's always like a like a a mental like just hip check because I'm like, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> well, oh, I didn't know that we, our relationship had progressed so much. <laughs> yeah, when uh, do you feel the need to say yes? You're also my best friend as soon as they introduce you like that. No, I, I just like I just walk away. <laughs> no, no, from the whole I'm conversation. Like, don't, put that, don't put that evil on me. It is a lot. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, yeah. because what what are a best friend's responsibilities? A best friend has to play on the bachelor party. A best friend has to give a speech. A best friend has to. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of what else the best friend does. I don't. I don't think there's. That's the thing. Is the requirements are so nebulous. Yeah. Like, I guess the the intent of like a best friend is that they're gonna like be there for you no matter what. Mm. But that's that's just way too much pressure. It is a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, they're gonna like have to show up every fucking week and do a podcast about a band. That they didn't really even know existed. Oh, bud. You wish you were my best friend. But it's the guy who I do the Goo Goo Dolls podcast with. I don't think you mm. know him, but he's my best friend. <laughs> that I think, podcast. I believe that is uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Je- yes, Jeffrey Dahmer Tambor. Yes. Um, the worst guy. The <laughs> Combining all of the bad Jeffreys together into one. Um, and Jeffrey from Toys R Us. I miss that Jeffrey. Are there any, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, are there any good Jeffreys? Yeah, he's a good Jeffrey. Jeffrey Bezos, he's a great Jeffrey. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> doing a lot It'll of... be so much fun to like have him as a speaker or something and just Jeffrey. call him Jeffrey <laughs> the whole time. We've been doing a lot of Bezos talk on this cast lately, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, since we got our Amazon sponsorship, we have to at least mention <laughs> them three times per, per cast, right? And we're both in... We should do a Patreon level where we people can get the video content of these episodes because that's free and easy for us and we're going to get so much money. But the fact that we're both wearing bee suits is, I think, really big. And yeah, I think yeah. that's something that people should recognize. And we have shaved our heads to replicate Bezos' signature um, male pattern baldness. Mm-hmm. That hot-ass male pattern baldness. Hey, man. Um, you can get it to work for you like the bee. <laughs> is that what that movie, Aquila and the Bee, I was about? I thought that's what that movie was about. That's why I, that's why I was so into watching it. <laughs> man, did you ever, have you ever watched a, a spelling bee? I've watched a couple spelling bees. They're fun. I love they watching are. spelling bees. It's pretty. Um, those kids. Are, I just feel so stupid watching them though, because the right. kids like Latin. What's its What's its history? What's its etymology? <laughs> but the thing is, they don't know anything. This is. It's all fucking rote, and they're just like, okay, if it's Latin, that means it's E I R instead of E R E, and then like, I don't like. It's all. Yeah. These Obviously, kids are, they don't know anything. Let's just uh, completely de- denigrate their uh, <laughs> their sacrifices and accomplishments. There, there was a period in like the early aughts when spelling bees were like the hot. I remember watching a spelling bee documentary, Spellbound, that ruled, and like they were like, wasn't that the, the Little Miss Sunshine? Was that about a spelling bee? I think it was. I think yeah, you're right. The movie. I think that's what that's what set off the the spelling bee kick, right? Yeah, it was a pretty. Pretty big movie in the late 90s, early aughts. That was a huge movie. I'm surprised it never got a sequel or... I don't know. <laughs> little, little Miss Moonlight. <laughs> it's why she's all, gro- she's all grown up and no one gives a shit about spelling. Like, <laughs> spelling is like one of those skills that... I think I've talked about it on the class before, but like... There was a kid in my class named uh, Stephen Boner. <laughs> so and, I don't uh, think we've talked about that. I feel like I'd remember that. And he was, he was really good at fucking spelling. Like, really good. <laughs> but very bad at everything else. Okay. And, like, he used to, like, lord it over us how good he was at spelling. And then we got into, like, seventh grade. And okay. then it just sort of... His accomplishment became less and less important to everybody. Sure, sure. It was like, yeah, we, all, we can all spell now, dude. It's yeah. Just, and even if we can't, it doesn't fucking matter because no one can spell. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes my students will ask me how to spell something. And I will 
come to their desk and just glare at them until they remember <laughs> that Google exists. Like kids don't need to know how to spell anymore. I yeah, I part of my job is like proofing my various bosses emails mm-hmm. because none of them know how to spell and they all like type in all caps and um it's and these are like phds yeah and mds like highly ranked like some of the best surgeons and doctors in the country and their emails are like no punctuation we're run on sentences words all together and i'm like i'm just gonna rewrite this for you sure. if you don't mind <laughs> it, it makes you wonder how they got their thesis done or their like well, how do you how do you they, write they a paper? Must, they must turn off spell check because they misspell words. And I'm like, how do you how does that let, let you go by? <laughs> like, how do you even not notice like the big red line underlining it? Is it because they have it in all caps? Sometimes when you put something in all caps, it ignores spell check. I don't know. I think that I don't might know, be man. the case. They found right. a loophole. They <laughs> found a loophole. <laughs> Can you imagine turning off spell check for no reason other than pure fucking narcissism? Like, I, tr- I don't need I turn this. Off the, I do turn off grammar check a lot. Like, grammar check is my like fucking arch enemy. Because sometimes it does catch, like, repeated words and shit, but for the most part, like, when I'm writing, like, discursive speculative fiction, like, playing with the language is part of of the fun. Yeah. And, like, I don't want a blue underline where I'm trying to get a little more lyrical in my my writing. Sure. Don't you fucking tell me how to write, (laughs) robot. Yeah, I once uh, co-wrote a story with a guy who used Grammarly. Okay. And he would run all of our sections through Grammarly and, like, tell me what the robot told him. He's like, well, actually, this is clear. I'm like, who the fuck told you that? A robot? Yikes. Robots Ugh. don't know how to write, buddy. Read Ugh. any read any AI. And <laughs> what was that uh, story called? Not going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, that's fine. Um, we can we can talk a and little bit about. And that man I was co-writing a story with was Ted Chang. <gasps> Whoa! I'm just kidding. No, holy Ted Chang wouldn't shit. deign to. I've only and, seen I've only met him once and he was I was drunk with a bunch of friends who were also drunk and he was just trying to have a, a intelligent conversation with somebody on the other side of the room oh. and we were so loud and obnoxious so I just got a withering look from Ted Chang oh, that was it I fucking... it wasn't even that it was like it was like you could tell we were bothering him but he was too polite to do anything yeah yeah he's my favorite short story boy I love him so much he's so great um and when you say you were writing a short story with him I mean, you mean you were writing the script to Arrival, right? Like, yes. you just both looked at his short yep. story. And then he, and said, uh, he cut me out of it and took all the credit. <laughs> and uh, now he's a millionaire and I'm a, I'm a worthless sack of shit. <laughs> I'm a 10 You know what? I don't feel ill-used by it because I did really get on his nerves. Okay, <laughs> it's your fault. Let's be honest. But you know what? You and Ted Chiang can become the best damn friends once again, just like the narrator in this song. This week's song is called Best Damn Friend, and if you've never heard it before, here's a quick sample. Talk was cheap Till I started talking to professionals not my first and boy, I will be your hero. I will this be your friend. We have a swear in the title this week. You're going to be my man. I'm going to be your man. Is that it? I'll be your man? Yeah, I thought so. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is. I'll be your hero. I'll be your man. I'll be your best damn friend. I think that... I don't know. I don't know. If, I mean, damn is a swear word. But as far as swears go, it's on the very... It's on the, like, your mom says it when she stubs her toe level. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, somebody just about to start a fight on the street. But you know what? It's still on the list where if you said it, you would get in trouble. And that's, that's I think, the line for me for swears. Like, crap used to be very, very taboo. I used to, I remember we wouldn't be able to say crap in school. We would get in trouble for it. Same with suck. If we said something sucked, that would be like a swear. But <laughs> if we said, if we said damn, I think, you know, from the 80s, the 90s, and today, that would still get us in trouble. <laughs> the hits of all the eras. Yeah, I mean, damn is a, it's a swear, right? But it's not, it's not an insult, right? Because a lot of swear words are insults. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and it's and it's not like I don't know. I don't feel like it's a it's a pejorative. I guess you could say someone is damned, but at the same time, <laughs> it's not really uh, not really doing it. Most but it's of the a, time. it's one of those it's one of those swear words that's uh, um an, a, a mathematical increase. Like if you say you're you're an idiot. You could say, but you're a damn idiot. It's oh. like a little bit. It, it adds. It adds a little bit. It puts a little English on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Do you think we could make a canonized list of the swear words, or are they, are they too nebulous to even quantify? 
Ah, yeah, I think there, I think again, we don't want to. I don't want to prescriptivize our language. Okay, all right. I'm fucking grammarly here. Look at this guy. <laughs> Who's I thought this be, guy. I thought it would be a fun exercise if we went back and forth until we. Ran you know out a of bunch swear of swear words. words, but your swear words could be made clearer with grammarly. <laughs> a woman typing up an insulting letter on a computer to the local manager of yeah. her AMC. This this writing this swear is fine. It's fine, but <laughs> don't you ever want it to be better? God, I truly I see that commercial every time I watch YouTube and think of you every time and how much you must be seething it whenever me you off. watch. Now YouTube. I'm getting commercials for like um male enhancement pills that you Ooh. eat like it was the weirdest commercial. It came on and this guy was like talking about um some sort of lactobacillus or something like that, uh um probiotic thing. And then he like segues into this study that it was fed to rats and their balls grew really big. Nobody and wants their balls to I, grow that's, big. That's, that's, that's what they're selling. He's like, this. they, they were ahead on many biomarkers such as ball size and... Uh, Disgusting. Veininess. Like, oh. It was just like... These rats had so such big balls. Yuck. Holy fuck. That's, that's disgusting. I, who, wants, who wants giant balls? I mean, what are they good for? I guess you could... Have you seen... Uh, fuck, I forget what it's called. I think it's called the Baldo. I could check. Yes, the world's first ball dildo. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, and of course, uh, it's the world's ball first sex dildo? toy that allows you to penetrate your partner with your balls. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, the pictures are horrifying. Uh, and <laughs> certainly do not make me want to buy the ball dildo. Um, wow, that just would hurt. Yeah. Oh, goodness knows it would hurt quite a bit, I think. Uh, yeah, but... I want my balls to be smaller and like inside me. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like, like a smooth, just just the penis. Yeah, they're just all a detriment. If y'all could basically. castrate me, that would be a delight. Mm-hmm. I just want those gone. Please take it all back. <laughs> Taking it back. I'm finished. I'm finished with this. I've got all the use I need out of it. <laughs> One child and I'm done. I have all the testosterone I'll ever need in my life. It's circulating through my body. Mm-hmm. It's not going away. Well, extra t- extra testosterone is just kind of a bad thing because it makes you go bald and more aggressive. And I mean, you just want... You just want to ride that little, like, the wave of tea. You don't want to get too much. You don't want to get too little. Could you, know? you leave, like, just an eighth of a ball inside me? That's yes. all. Just a tiny, like, piece of grape. That would be what I'd love. Just two shriveled raisins, please. That <laughs> would be fine. Um, Ev, this is a long tale on a relatively short sketch of song. As I've said a hundred times already in this album, they had some small ideas and said, let's put that chorus on and make it go, baby. So there are 50 lines in this song. Yeah. 35 of them are chorus, what? which is 70% chorus. But again, I, I don't know if we're making like a mountain out of a molehill. Like, are all pop songs like mostly chorus? I think they are. I think they are. So, But... I mean, truth be told, they've never made a pop album before. So I think it's right. fair to say, like, this is fucking weird because it is fucking weird. And there there are only two, like, actual stanzas of song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the first, he, he talks about it at first, and then he goes into the chorus, then he talks about it again, and then the rest of the song is chorus. Four choruses in a row. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Um the the lyrics are interesting, uh, mm-hmm. but they don't really amount to much. So, so yeah, let's go right into the lyrics first before we talk about the okay. music. Um. This album continues our apology tour. I love that this yes. album is... Can- another apology. Another apology <laughs> song. Great. Which which truly makes me think that Steve did say, write me a fucking I'm sorry album, and I will come back to the band. Um, or perhaps your idea, which I think is way... I lend way more credence to it, which is that it's a cheating album. That he cheated on his wife. Like, I'll be your man really lends a lot of faith to that idea that there was something very wrong going on there um because it does feel i don't know why it feels romantic to me um but it does because ed is a ed has more and more become a confessional songwriter like the last album was definitely about steve leaving the band right so this this album is about something that's on his mind yeah most certainly something horrible that he did (laughs) something that he doesn't want to talk about except through song i'm sure uh and through his therapist um, which is a great twist of the first line, which I love. Uh, talk was cheap until I started talking to professionals. <laughs> hey, you think talk is cheap? You never had a therapist. <laughs> it's funny. It's that very good ladies twist that we it's all funny. love so well. <laughs> it's funny. Um, it's a little tiresome to me at this point that every song is about the same thing. Um, not that it's like horrible, but it is bad. I would say it's annoying <laughs> that I can't stop hearing about. Ed being a bad partner or whatever the fuck he's doing. 
Yeah, so this is, there are seven songs on this album so far. Right. Right? We're on song seven, mm-hmm. and five of them have been this, right? Holy Limits, shit. Best Damn Friend, Boomerang, Gonna Walk, and Give It Back. We're all this, like wow. this song. That's... And again, that's fine. I mean, I just feel like they should have made the album, like named the album something more thematic. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did, was Limits really about, I think Limits was more about just busting down the barriers that hold you back, right? No, I think limits was about being in a long, being committed to a long-term relationship, even though it gets you go through rough patches. I sure, thought. sure, that could be. Yeah, I could see that. So uh, I guess it's a flavor of this song. It's not necessarily straight down the yeah. plate. I'm sorry. Yeah, I th- no, I think yeah, I think limits you could take it a couple ways. This one, there's very few ways that you can take it. Uh, it's just yeah, straight down the plate. Um, there's some, I don't know, some some weird lyrics. So and so reap is a lyric that is impossible to discern without a lyric sheet. What the fuck he's saying there. It's confessional. So so Allow me to leave. It is truly, listening to the song without having looked at the lyrics, I kept like rewinding and trying to figure out what he was saying. Um, very strange, a little too poetic for me. Little... Why would you not have the lyrics? Well, I wanted to give it a fresh-eared listen uh... and then listen to it with the lyrics. Um... The, the narrator is sad, and the narratee is sad, the person being narrated <laughs> to. But how shitty is it that he says, while you weep, imagine a man that's more emotional. You might be sad, but buddy, I'm sadder. <laughs> like, <laughs> while you weep, imagine a man who's more emotional and will go. What a shitty thing to say to somebody. And... Uh, the line it's not weak to remake amends the way i've chosen to so yeah. he's fucked up before he's not making amends he's remaking amends oh. so this is his like second or third fuck up it's not weak to remake amends the way i've chosen to boy i didn't to remake amends yeah i know ne- i didn't even clock that word that's huge Oh, boy. I mean, I think he wrote one of these every time he fucked up. And this is just the collection of them on this album. Good God. Fuck. What did he do? Did 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 Ed, did Ed run into, like, his childhood sweetheart and then just, like, realize he was still in love with her and then write a whole fucking album about how their relationship fucked up? Or, like, what happened here? I don't know. <sighs> We'll never know. Impossible to speculate. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. We, All right, podcast over. Uh, on no this, speculation allowed. Uh, on this improv comedy podcast, we cannot even begin to improvise what happened. Um, how do you think hide and seek fits into the larger narrative of the song? He just drops that word just because it rhymes with action speak and it's not weak and make it look bleak. But hide and seek and somewhere ahead we'll find a way to trust. Hide and somewhere ahead we'll find a way to trust who's hiding who's seeking is the person hiding from him i feel like it's one of those if if i were to ascribe any sort of meaning to it Mm. i don't think it has meaning but let me just be very clear i think he just wanted to rhyme something (laughs) i agree um but i think that it might have been like they're not at a point in their relationship where they can openly talk to each other. So they're trying to, ha- they're trying, they're doing that thing you, you people do in relationships where they just get angry because the other person can't read their mind. Yeah, I agree. I think so <laughs> interesting. Saker yawned through that hole. I had a long night, Ev. My little boy kept waking up. I'm sorry. I'm oh, having a rough okay. one today. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that makes the most sense is that they're, they're being avoidant. It's a, it's a, it's an avoidant person. I mean, the theme of this album, just like the theme in all bad relationships is go to therapy. I mean, it's a very easy thing to say, but this couple needs therapy um, because obviously they're not going to, they don't have it together. Um, But, you know, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, but beyond that, I think the lyrics are pretty straightforward. They don't really well, yeah, challenge I mean, just us. just the chorus over and over again. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, there's some cool musical stuff going on and some weird musical stuff going on. Yeah, let's go into that. Let's go into the music, shall I we? I think, yeah, a lot more weird than cool. Uh, I think 
I liked the opening. It had like an 80s pop feel, like like Sting or Cyndi Lauper. Like Sting's Every Breath You Take is the yeah. one I thought of immediately. Like, dum, 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 it's dum, because dum. that bass is going so hard. Jim is killing it right in the forefront. And then he like he's the standout throughout the whole track. The bass line is doing so much heavy lifting in this song. What are you talking about standout? What about Kevin going, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Let's talk about Kev's little solo. <laughs> His, his random wiggle waggle piano yeah, shit. It's like a green solo. album solo, but also records like '90s record scratching. Oh, I, uh, the record scratching I fucking loved. I wish that we had had well, a whole only '90s kids. <laughs> only '90s kids. <laughs> like, uh, so uh, yeah, before the solo, we have that that uh, little record scratch part. And if the record scratches recur throughout the entire second verse, it would have been an incredible fucking throwback had they just leaned into a whole, like, Incubus-style solo for that. But instead, <laughs> they just kind of, like, mealy-mouth, like, recur, recur, recur. And then they stop, and then every so often in between lines, they'll throw another couple in. But, like, man, it peters out with, like, nothing to do. It sounds like a weak add-in to kind of just, like, differentiate the second verse from the first one to be, like, additive without really adding anything. Kind of sucks. I wasn't a fan. I, I'm always a fan of Kevin's beeps and boops, even if uh, even if they're they're lackluster. Yeah. Well, his chorus is a different. His chorus, I fucking loved. It was sloppy and bad and really <laughs> just like this is the most purely ironic love I may have ever felt in my whole life because it sucks. It's very very bad. Yeah, it was like they put a blindfold on him and they took his headphones off so he couldn't hear what his keyboard was playing. And then they're just like, here, play some play some notes on the keyboard, okay? Yep, yep, yep. They call it Beethoven-style soloing. And <laughs> except he's blind. Fuck, I fucked that up so bad. Um, yeah, it's just very strange. Um, there, oh God, I just, I wish they would have done a record scratch solo. That would have truly made this feel like a stunt song to me. It would have grounded it deeply in the 90s. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. That would have made this feel a, a lot record of... scratch solo. That's what Saker wants. I want more record scratch solos. Ugh. Um, I do hate every single time I heard it. The fact that this song fades out. That is so lazy and so bad and so just poorly constructed. They, I, they do this so rarely. And when they do it, it's always a fucking surprise, a bad surprise to me. You want like a like a whip, 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 at the end of the song? Yeah, I, want, I, want, I want like a coda. I want them to go bam, 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 and then fucking like done. But I said they just all play and then the song goes to zero. Like they couldn't figure yeah, out sixty how to, to zero. I'll be your friend. This is this is this is Jim again, right? Every everything you say has to be reflected in the sure, music. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and I think it was a gaff. You know, I would call him Jim Gaff again. Um, but. Yeah, it kills me every single time. It's so sudden. It's so just blah. You didn't even. You didn't. You weren't there. You weren't on my didn't, level. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really get it. it okay. Sure, it, it faded out, but it didn't. It didn't offend me. It was just the way that it did you. It was surprising to me every time. Every time I was like, oh, okay, the song is over. It didn't feel like it was building to anything. It never got to its point. It was just like, okay, bye, see you. <laughs> like. <laughs> Okay, I guess. You came in, you did half a record scratch solo, and then you stepped out my door without saying goodbye so, to anyone. Yeah, so uh, you um, you prefer when somebody like leaves one of your parties instead of just like waving and saying like, bye, see you later, sort of thing like from across the room. You want them to like pick up a plate, smash it on the floor, and then just exactly leave, leave evidence of their departure. That would be fucking great. Actually, the only time anyone's ever done that, it was the thing I hated most in the entire universe. Once somebody took a deck of cards and hid all 52 of them around my house before they left. And I was finding them for months afterwards. <laughs> and it was very annoying to me. Um, but yeah, besides for that, I want somebody to... But nobody smashed a plate. That seems fun. That seems like a harmless, fun thing to do at a party. <laughs> I'm still finding shards of, of porcelain <laughs> yeah. in my feet Weeks as I walk later. around the house. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, the other thing I felt was like, 
Ty was kind of uninspired on this track. Like he had the requisite fills and splashes, but it was just like he was doing his job. Like Ty was doing his job and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there wasn't just, you know, usually I look to him to be my 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 north star, right? I want him to lead me to the promised land in these songs. But he wasn't really just, I don't know, just kicking and punching those drums. Just kicking and punching. <laughs> I assume that's what he does. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, speaking of Ty, I don't know if this is a better off mic or on mic conversation, but we did have somebody call us out on our Discord for saying four boring white guys a lot. Uh, Ty is half black, so we need to stop saying oh, four boring white guys on our wow. podcast. <laughs> did not know that. Yeah, but neither did I, my friend. So, <laughs> apologies <laughs> yeah. and embarrassments. Embarrassments. Please, <laughs> listeners, allow us to remake amends for this <laughs> the way we wanted to. Yes. Um, which is sending Ty an edible arrangement of all marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I remember when my dad died. I got, I was so drunk at his wake, but somebody sent an edible arrangement. His wake was outside and it was dark by then. And I was just eating this edible arrangement and I was like, oh, yum. This tastes like a banana. Oh, yum. This tastes like a honeydew. And I think I was eating a marshmallow. I was like, what fucking fruit is this? This is wild. (laughs) Okay. Um, Ed, uh, doubling his voice for dramatic effect again on this song. He does it on keeping it real. Yeah. Like the, like the, but he doesn't just double. He's like the. I'm doing this too. Yeah, it's because very low, strange. Deep voice. Yeah, um, there's a lot of thematic through line with keeping it real on this song, right? He's he doubles down on his atheism in this song, which is cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's doubling down in as much as referencing it. Yeah, I suppose so. He does. It's not like you know, God is bad. God is it's like I'm an atheist. Is what he says in this song. <laughs> yeah. This is a very. Hey, do you guys know I'm an atheist? Not my first leap. This atheist could have used confessional. It's a. I call that the Gervais. I enjoy that. <laughs> Second episode number we've talked about him as well. Um, yeah, but uh, Evbo. To be honest, tricky Gervais. Yes. <laughs> And, and Tricky Gervais's uh, um, Ricky Gervais's magician personality. Oh, okay, okay. He's who uh, Run DMC's song is about, right? They just oh, saw yeah. him on the street once. They were like, it's tricky, 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 tricky. <laughs> uh, Ev, that's all I Except have. Except all, all of his magic is really cruel. Like, it's like one of those, like, he calls you up on stage. He's one of those where a magician who gets someone up on stage and then just, like, makes fun of them the whole time <laughs> and, like, shows the audience how stupid they are. Sure, like, sure. Yeah, see, why'd you put your, why'd you fill your pocket with ketchup, idiot? <laughs> he ruins your fucking clothes before yeah. you end the show. Oh man, um, Ev, that's all I had about this song. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to note? Uh, that's pretty much it. I think that. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. I mean, we can talk no. about some other versions. Yeah, um, yeah. The Let's there's a that. pre-production version which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, it's just them playing through the song with the producer. It's nothing wild, but it's fun to see the boys just like kind of dissecting and figuring out what the song is going to look like feel like did you watch that one no i just watched the two concerts oh, okay. versions of it i only yeah. watched the one concert the world premiere in columbus ohio <laughs> i didn't see that one. Oh, you didn't it was the first mm-hmm. time they had ever played the song and, and they, they fuck it up real bad they do fuck it up real bad i guess ed says like after the song like i really it doesn't sound bad but he says he fucked it up really badly um it's very funny uh, they talk about how this is the Columbus premiere. Then they compl- compare it to the Cleveland steamer. Uh, it, you'll get a Cleveland steamer and you'll get a Columbus premiere. They talk about the Columbus premiere as a sex act. Ty is a gross little boy. Ev, it's going to blow you away. I was at this show when they premiered <gasps> Best Damn Friend. This is oh, my wow. little secret I've been holding in reserve this whole time. <laughs> um, I didn't remember. I was like, Wow. This is in Columbus. And I looked back in my Gmail for like, did I buy a ticket? I was like, oh, yeah, this is the show they played with Ben Folds 5 and Guster, which is was an amazing concert. And I don't recall them premiering a song, but yes, they did. Um, <laughs> great concert. Great concert. Uh, but tell me about the ones that you watched. I watched the one in Uncasville. What a great is, name for Which a is city. fine. It was fine. They just played the song. I think it's in like Car- the Carolinas, isn't it? I am looking. Uncasville, Connecticut. Connecticut. Woo, oh. I was wrong. Wow. That does not seem like a big market 
for uh, a for a band to be like, we're playing Uncas. Hello, Uncasville. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it, but not interesting. I mean, the the Columbus one wasn't interesting, besides for the fact that they premiered it. But uh, which what was the other one? The other one I saw was in Chicago, and it was again they they just kind of played it uh, through. But there was uh, um, a little bit of banter afterwards about sea otters. Okay. Um, they, they had gone to the Shedd Aquarium, which I've been to. It's very nice in Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were talking about how the tour guide told them that sea otters have the densest fur with up to 100,000 hairs per square inch. Okay. And, and Ed did not believe her. <laughs> okay. He's called bullshit on it. And then he looked it up and Googled it and he found it. Actually, she was wrong. They have a between 170,000 and a million hairs per square Goodness. inch. Well, the science so. could have updated since the lady knew. Yes, <laughs> we couldn't really yes. count hairs before, but now we can. And then they call out Sir Boothby Graff to oh, help them sing Be My Yoko Ono. Boothby Graffo. What a cool dude. Graffo. So was this a more recent one? Because he went on tour with them their last tour. Yeah, I think that this was the um, Last Summer on Earth tour. Wow. I think they've done like seven Last Summer on Earth tours. I think that oh, might okay. be the joke, is that they keep doing Last Summer on Earth. <laughs> well, then never mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, Uncasville has the Mohegan Sun Casino, which is one of the largest casinos in the world. I figured out uh, why they were playing in Uncasville. Okay. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So nothing surprising or exciting about any of these live shows. So Yeah, I didn't. I didn't except for the banter, no. Except for the banter. Yeah. Cool. That's exciting. Uh, well, Fbo, I guess that's it. Why don't you tell me which comedian this song resembles? Well, of course, this song would have to be about another duo. Okay, best damn friends. It's a song about best friends. Okay. And who? Which duo are better friends and frenemies than, of course, Tenacious D? Ooh, love it. Okay. Wow. So we're doing yeah. another band for this read. <laughs> <laughs> well, a comedy band, okay, eh? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, a joke, a joke band. But they're also, I mean, I would say they're comedians, in as much as they are musicians. Sure, they have right? movies, they're, they have a TV show, they're a fifty-fifty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're, of course, Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Uh huh. Um, but this is uh, this song, this album came out very shortly after uh, their movie, The Pick of Destiny, which sort of is a semi-autobiographical movie about them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Their relationship. Well, I mean, it, it follows like their initial relationship where they met in the eighties where they um Kyle Gass felt threatened by Jack Black so yeah. there's a little bit of a little bit of uh, rough patches there but then they became friends and and uh, um Gass teaches black guitar in real life he taught um Jack Black guitar in exchange for Jack in the Box J- J- Really? Jack Black would show up with like uh the two for two for a dollar tacos and in exchange two Kyle Gass tacos? Would te- he would teach him a fucking guitar for two tacos? That's a wild deal. Undervalues his uh <laughs> No fucking kidding. Okay. And their original uh their original uh, band name was the Axe Lords featuring Gorgazon's Mischief, which is an amazing <laughs> fucking name. Gorgazon's Mischief, that's so good. Oh yeah. man. So they were um they were comedians or uh, comedians slash actors slash band, and I think the their their first their first song when they became best friends was um an attempt to write a better song than Metallica's one. And is that what became tribute? Yes. Okay. Interesting. And that was the first song they wrote together. Sure. And I bet you won't be able to guess what their first tour was who who their first tour was with. Was it Bannigan Ladies? <laughs> no, no. It's uh, of course our my favorite winery owner in Jerome. Oh. Tool. No way. Wow, that was their Tool. first tour? Yeah, in Good California. fucking lord. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a like I can see it, but it's kind of a kind of a whiplash cuz Tool's serious. Yeah. And that's a meteoric rise. Um mm-hmm. like to to be a band and then to start touring with Tool immediately. Was this It wasn't immediately. They were playing a lot. They were playing a lot of shows. Sure. But their first their first tour where they got pulled into uh because they had they've been playing shows and um I think they had gotten Dave Grohl and Dave Cross, and uh, they'd been on Mr. Show, I think, at that point, too. Right. Yeah. Okay. So That's true. They were they, Jack Black, at the very least, was already a star at this point. So I guess you're, you're cruising on your stardom. You don't have to try too hard. Yeah. I yeah. mean... So, um, and Jack Black, of course, uh, 0 to 60, 60 to 0, the man, of it's course. It's true. I feel really bad for Kyle Gass, because he'll post, like... Well, you know, Jack is is doing another movie. Like he doesn't really. It's hard for him to, I think, find work outside of Tenacious D, and he's you know kind of dependent on Jack Black, which is a bummer. I guess. I mean, I think about it, and I wonder if I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Like, I am a valuable part of this band, right? And it wouldn't really exist without me. But 
I'm a valuable part of this podcast, and it wouldn't exist without me, but Saker is obviously the star. He's the rising <laughs> star. He's the guy who gets the contracts. He brings in the bucks. Sure, sure. Yeah, I guess so, but you wouldn't feel bad? I mean, no, because I've got my, this is like my side, side, side hustle. Okay. But like, if this was, if this was my like shot at stardom, quote unquote, then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. think I'd be okay. I'd be okay waiting in the wings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's... If, if this podcast took off and got a million view, billion listens. Yeah. I'm just happy br- to be, brilliant. just happy to be just, included. Just happy to be here. Yeah. Okay. So how is this song like them? Just zero to 60, 60 to zero. They're best damn well, friends. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, um, their relationship is sort of choppy, mm-hmm. right? And for the reasons we listed, like at first Kyle Gass felt threatened by sure. uh, Jack Black and they had to make amends. And then um, they sort of the, there's sort of that friction we talked about where Jack Black is clearly the star and Kyle Gass is also there. Um, right. So they're just they're just sort of they have to remake amends, um, find a way to trust each other. And uh, they, they move forward. I think they're moving forward together. They've just they did those uh, post-apocalyptic um youtube videos and i think they're working on a new album right now oh okay cool well that's exciting all right those best damn friends we are are we compiling all of these um comedians at the end and then figuring out you know if it would make a good like uh um what what is it called uh a festival like we could have the uh, the Grinning Streak Festival with Carrot Top, Tenacious D, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. God damn! <laughs> oh, that no, would be I a ton of fun. Want, I don't. I wouldn't want Louis C.K. No. <laughs> okay, except so, maybe in in memoriam. In mem- no matter what, it's going to be a bad festival. Yeah, I think back on our Louis C.K. discussion, and I I cringe inwardly. I hope you edit out all of that. Oh, I left it all in, my friend. Oh God, <laughs> it's all there. I'm not qualified to talk about cancel culture or. It's a long discussion and a bad yeah. discussion. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ev, I think it's about time we rate this song. Now's the time in the show when we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The more close to bare naked, the closer to God. Ev, on a scale of bare naked <laughs> to fully clothed, what do you rate this song? Hey, it's come again. Right. It's dress your friend to work day. <laughs> We're your best friends. You, everyone picks a best friend, and they dress you uh-huh. for your work environment. <gasps> do, do we get to dress so, each other for this review? We're dressing each other All for right. this. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm going to take my little Seiki doll, and uh, I pull up my app mm-hmm. on my phone, and I look at it, and um, I see my little Nakey, nakey Seiki, mm-hmm. as I like to call him. Mm-hmm. And I try on various dresses. I try on... Oh, I, I decide that I'm gonna do a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a little naughty here today, so I'm gonna put a little witch's hat on Saker. Uh-huh. Send him to his school. So witch's hat, uh, a big old fake nose and those like Groucho glasses. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna put a T-shirt on him that says, um, like it's like a picture of the Budweiser frogs, <laughs> and it says Billbies. <laughs> it says Bill. No, that'd be too. No, I want to. I want because I'm sending you to school. Okay, right? all right, fair enough. So it's got to be. It's got the picture of the Budweiser frogs, but the Budweiser logo from from like the Super Bowl ad from the '90s. Uh huh. And uh, um, I'm gonna scrape off the Budweiser logo though, because I don't want sure. any sort of uh, scrape I, it off with a fucking butter knife. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna scrape it off because again, this you're going you're taking this to school, and I don't want you advertising beer to children. Sure, of course. And then a pair of hot pants, and you're ready to go. Very nice. Okay. I like this song. I like this song quite a bit. Um, it wasn't like I'd say. In the canon of apology songs from this album, yeah. Limits obviously is my favorite, but this is probably somewhere in between, like in, around like the best damn friend and gonna walk. Uh, 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 don't you be rating songs already? Save it for the post show. We'll get there. I forgot you don't rate them any. No, you just you, we don't. We never. We don't. No, rate we don't rate songs them. I forgot that's in the in the post show. Not something we do. Ev, we're four songs from the end of this album. Holy fuck! Woohoo! Throw ourselves a Valentine's Day. It's a Valentine's Day miracle. Oh my god! Um, so uh, it's dress your friend to work day. <laughs> I'm dressing my friend Evan to work. I pull up my phone. I'm thinking Arby's, so I put a little cowboy hat on him. <laughs> And then I'm thinking... Did you know that I didn't realize that symbol for Arby's was a cowboy hat until I was, like, in my 20s? What did you think it was? I thought it was a super stylized A. Oh, my God. <laughs> With the little loop up at the top? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't... I thought that it was just like, oh, that's just the Arby's symbol. I had no idea. And then, like, one time I was, like, driving by an Arby's and, I, like, it clicked for me. Yes. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a cowboy <laughs> hat. And you know what? 
it made me like Arby's less. <gasps> what? Because it's cowboy themed? Yeah, because I don't know. I, I associate cowboys with like misogyny and uh, oh. racism and... Even though in actuality most of them were like they're good people, Mexican and black, yeah. and you know, like it was a, it was kind of a melting. You pot. just have that cowboys and Indians mentality where I just have that like country western pop mentality where I associate, sure. with, which you know isn't necessarily true. Sure, but... but but it's so thematic. Those cowboys are always out there on the range roasting beef. <laughs> they're always out there killing cows and then taking the meat, mechanically separating it, and then squeezing it back into a loaf shape. That's correct. They're always and out then there. Slight, then they take out their big Bowie knives and they. They just hack off a bit, a, a really thin <laughs> slice of it. They're out there artisanally. Then they pile that meat, artisanally curling their fries, just like twisting them a little bit at a time. Um, yeah, dude, that's how it goes when you're on the range. So uh, anyway, I put a giant stylized A on Evan's head, as he often <laughs> says. Um, and you know what? I think I think this song is a little bit because the first time I heard it, I was like. This song rules. This song is like a stunt song, but the more I heard it, the fade out got annoying and the weird scratches got. So here's what Ev is wearing. Ev is wearing uh, a cowboy hat and a pair of gym shorts. And to look at him, you might say, goodness, this song is good. This song is very good. Goodness. Evan has poured goodness into those gym gracious. <laughs> those gym shorts are tight. I don't, gym shorts are not supposed to be that tight. Um, <laughs> But in actually, I'm in a pair of I'm in a pair of like toddler gym yes, shorts. Yes, exactly. Um, but you also have I think somewhere between 16 and 24 condoms on underneath the oh, gym Jesus. shorts. So and you're wearing a baldo, so uh, you have a lot of equipment underneath. That this song is not quite as naked as it first appears. I think. So I guess I guess my question then is, so are you more or less naked? Let's say um, you're wearing a speedo, mm -hmm. right? Now you put another speedo on top of it. Are you more or less naked? I think, we, and we've done this before. I think you are less naked somehow. I mean, you're not covering more skin, but you are somehow, by the ratings of this show, less naked. Fine. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Here's the only rule I do make. We'll be right back with more. It's all been done. A Bare Naked Ladies podcast. <laughs> Hello, Evan. If you had to do it all over again. Would, what would you bring to the? Would you? Would you? <laughs> if you could change your fate, would you? No. Uh, if you had to do it all over again, what? What would you bring to the future? If I had to do it all over again, <laughs> what would I bring to the future? You know, like you go back, you can go back. You're a, you're a Stephen Page. Mm -hmm. You can go back to any point in your life, and you can bring something to the future. And it could be like, oh yeah, I just bought seven hundred shares of Amazon stock sure. when it was twenty cents, or you know, I just. Uh, assassinated jeff bezos so is now the future or is now the present now's the present so what am i going to bring to the future you can bring to you can bring to the future yeah i mean future seiki you you present seiki go back to past you take something from past give to future seiki okay so i'm just a middleman here i'm taking something from my yes. past and giving what it you bring future does it have to be something that i've owned in the past no oh. i mean because it doesn't really matter because you I'm, you go to the past and you can steal yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the most boring fucking answer is like a thousand Apple shares. I don't know, like something boring. But I guess if we are going to be interesting on this podcast and have people listen to us rather than give correct answers, uh, the answer is my Usagi Yojimbo Ninja Turtles action figure. Ooh, Stan Sakai's masterpiece of Lone Wolf and Cub parodies somehow crossed over with four rad turtles. I want to see them again. Towel fucking bunga and long live the emperor. Uh, what's something... <laughs> Jesus. What's something you would bring to the future? I would bring an autographed picture of Stephen Page from the Bare Naked Ladies. Why? You wouldn't. I don't know. You don't like I would, the Bare Naked Ladies. Actually, I would do something like a Stephen Page in a Batman outfit. Ev, here's what I'm thinking. Number one, what the fuck is wrong with you is something I'm constantly thinking. Number two is, every time I look up the Bare Naked Ladies on uh, YouTube, it's like, this artist is playing a concert near you. And usually I ignore it. But when I was listening to this song, I realized, like, they rescheduled their concert for this summer. Are we going to go to that show? If we're vaccinated. I guess there's no reason not to if we're vaxxed. Yeah. 
That's all right. Cool. Just just check it. Just checking in with you, making sure that <laughs> I'm fine going if it's safe to do so. Yes. All right. Very good. Um, why? What gift? What would you bring to the bare naked ladies from the path from past? Oh Saker? my god. A fucking sense of whimsy. That's what I would do. So what encapsulates a sense of whimsy? Um, I would bring them. I would bring them a music box, and when you crank it, it plays like a little Celeste version of Be My Yoko Ono. Because I want them to listen to it, and I want tears to start welling in their eyes and remembering the good times. Um, but in reality, I'd bring them a thousand shares of Apple stock. <laughs> I want my boys to be successful and happy. Yep, they don't. They, they probably don't have enough money right now. <laughs> they don't. I've seen Ed's fucking looks like a Kincaid painting in his backyard. I don't think they have quite enough money yet. I would bring them um, their themselves as children. Uh-oh, that seems like a bad thing to do. <laughs> like, I kidnapped little little Jimmy Kriegs. I kidnap little Ty Ty. I kidnap Eddie, Eddie Helms. Uh -huh. Ed Helms. I, I get mistaken. I kidnap Ed Helms Egg instead. Helms, sure, yeah. Egg Helms, yes. Uh -huh. And uh, um, I bring them up there and I say, hey, here's yourselves. Here's yourselves. Raise them raise raise good. <laughs> sure. And this creates a time paradox because no, no, there is no such thing as time paradoxing. Interesting. Okay. It creates an alternate, an alternate reality where they're children and adults at the same time. So I guess the question is like, oh, and then we have barenaked babies from our last episode with the widow barenaked babies. <laughs> yeah, if you, I guess if you could go back and raise yourself, what would you do different? Would ya? Uh <laughs> Would ya? <you? laughs> uh, what would I do different? Fuck, that's a great question. Um. I mean, it's your parents are dead. Your parents are now you and your partner. Oh no! Also, uh, my son is my brother. I guess uh, if I'm raising I guess myself, you're. Well, no, your son is still your son. Okay. See, this sucks though because because what happens is. Would you tell little Seiki that he was you, or would you just raise him, like, and just see... No, God, no. I would never tell him he's a clone or an alternate time-displaced version of myself. <laughs> I would have to call him something different. So I would call him, I don't know, Reggie, I guess. That's a name that really Reggie. looks like it fits me, I feel like. Uh, so little Reggie... See, here's what happens, though. It's like, I feel like I turned out okay, but mm -hmm. I, I was raised by my Nintendo. I was raised by my NES, which I would never let my son do, right? I have to put set time limits on digital. So I would raise me completely different and I turned out to be a different person and I don't know, I like the person I am, so I'd feel bad. Yeah. So so I think you'd be con you'd be pretty disappointed. I would be disappointed. I'd be disappointed that I can't provide Yeah, what if you're yeah, what if you're what if you're what if you turn out worse than you? Oh, no, what if I do a worse job than my parents yeah, empirically? Like, that sucks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so little Seiki grows up, graduates from college, and immediately becomes like an anti-vax oh, like true nine eleven trooper. Reggie and, is just uh, a fucking storm front dickhead. Yeah, Reggie, yeah, Reggie gets a uh, gets elected to Congress on a GOP <laughs> ticket no. and. Uh, proceeds to undermine the uh, very roots of democracy oh, i could not handle it little reggie oh and then you're like you're like where did i go wrong and you like try to find a picture of your parents and when you pull out the picture it's just you <gasps> oh my god wait oh my god <laughs> yeah so you weren't raised by you weren't raised by your mom this, and dad you were raised by an older this, version of Seiki. this is like one of those twists where you're like oh shit then you're like what? What? Okay. <laughs> I guess it's a twist. Does that make sense? Uh, and what would little... You know what else makes sense? <laughs> okay. That would be Bed, Bath, and Bionicle. That's right. A Bionicle lore podcast that was revived and turned into an ARG and audio drama. Episode uh. 87338734, The Mask of Finales, uh was the last episode this program ended on january 29th 2020 <laughs> but you can go back in and listen to every single episode of bed bath and bionicle how many are there uh i believe i just told you eight seven three three eight seven three four uh i don't know how many there are uh we went so two hold up there was oh jesus so 70 they went from 71 to 99 to eight seven three three eight seven three what the fuck is happening? No, they just bounced. They gave random numbers to each of their episodes. So there's no okay. way to tell. I could not tell you how many episodes of Bed Bath & Bionicle exists. Unless I, of course... You can't go to, like... I could go yeah, to iTunes. go to a podcatcher. I do... Okay, yeah. all right. Hold on. All right. This is... It. This better lead to the best bit I've ever heard in my life. Here we go, baby. Bed Bath & Bionicle. There are... 
81 episodes. Are you fucking kidding me? Buddy, I'm not kidding you. And this is the first we're hearing of it? I, I think we've done it before. But they were there sometimes they're Bed Bath and Bionicle, sometimes they're Bed Bath and Batman, sometimes they're Bed Bath and Battletoads, sometimes they're Bed Bath and the Bouncer. Um, okay. So they've they've jumped around. I believe they started as Bed Bath and Beyblade, which is a great fucking uh, show name. Uh, in any case, yes, they've changed many times throughout the years. Uh, and uh, this is... I'm going to do Bed Bath & Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. That's very good. Oh, I can't wait till we get to watch Beyond Belief again, <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was called. It was called Beyond Belief uh, with Jonathan Frakes. Oh, man, I miss it. Uh, anyway, Evbo, you can listen to the entirety of Bed Bath & Bionicle, all 81 episodes, right here on the Orange Groves Podcasting Network. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time of the show when I clickety-clickety-clack-clack and we spin it at wheel. Figure out what today's segment is. The segment this week... Clack wheel attack. Is... (gasps) Hello City! Hey! Didn't we just do this one? Okay. Obviously, well, obviously this uh, song is about... um, what was it called? The, the biggest oh, casino in the yeah. Connecticut. The biggest thing in the Monongahela. It's, uh, it's obviously about Uncasville. Uncasville, sure. All right, never mind. Let's spin it again. Here we go, baby. <laughs> got to get a couple of these. Uh, it's got to be that quality episode where we... The quantity episode. Everything old is Ooh. new again. We have not Uncasville this one. is an area in the town of Montville, Connecticut. I did see that as well, but I did not think it's on the. It's at the mouth of the Oxoboxo River. Oxoboxo. That's a Ooh. great name for a river. Yeah, O X O B O X O. That's that's a good almost. One. That is a palindrome. Yes, yeah, it's a palindrome. Holy yeah. shit, the Oxoboxo. Uh, Ev, our segment this week is called "Everything Old Is New Again." Score a scene from media with this song. This is a great fucking score scene from media. Yeah, this is like uh, on Stranger Things where they... <laughs> no. uh, I mean, it's a uh, we're on the Apologies Tour, and thankfully we've not gotten everything old as new again for another one of these because it's going to be the same mm-hmm. for all of them. So what's it's, it's some rom-com where the main character fucked up and now they're trying to make amends to their uh, their friend or their lover or whoever it yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a rom com because I don't I didn't get much romance in this song. Like I just got somebody f- like a, I mean you don't say well I guess they're they're my partner but they're also my best friend sort of situation. Yeah, but that's... I felt this, I felt like this was actually about friends. Okay, the TV show. So can we score something yeah. from? <laughs> yep, you know what? maybe maybe we rescored the title sequence with best damn friend. So we take out the Rembrandts, <laughs> we replace them with bare naked ladies. Uh, oh man, they're, they're getting that sweet friends money. Oh my! Can you imagine if they were getting? That's what we could bring from the past for them. Big Bang Theory and friends money. Holy fuck! God, they'd be rich. I remember um my partner. I don't know why he knows he knows this, but there was like a he follows this guy who was on like three episodes of Friends on Twitter. Okay, and this guy is just like. Yeah, every like year I get a check for like ten thousand dollars, and Jesus I was only on three episodes of Friends, so Christ. it's still paying out. It was like the best damn gig I ever had. A hero and man, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Can you imagine being a one-hit wonder band like the Rembrandts, and then also never having to work again for the rest of your natural life ever? I hope they didn't take like a fucking like front end deal on that. I hope they're getting residuals every episode. Good lord. Um, yeah, but I'd like my boys to get the residuals instead. So it's like the guy who did the uh, Ducktales theme song got like a thousand dollars, and that's it. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! How awful! Uh, he did all of those theme songs. He did Chip and Dale. He did Darkwing Duck. They just hired the same guy for the whole Disney afternoon. I get. I guess he. Uh, and actually, I really liked because I went back and listened to like all those theme songs, and they're all like different music. It was like an old BNL album because yeah. they're all like different musical styles. This is like, oh, this is a calypso yeah, version for, yeah, for Tailspin. Tailspin. Yeah. yeah. He. I. Yeah. I thought when I was younger that he might have a stuttering problem and trying to mask it in the song because he did stuff like Ducktales and like Like he just kept repeating the syllable. So um. But okay, so are we we're replacing the title sequence to Friends? <laughs> we're obviously replacing this the uh, title sequence to Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers okay. with Hey Best Damn Friends. Okay, we're putting a we're swear. Taking, we're taking a thousand dollars out of the pocket of the guy who writes all the Disney songs. <laughs> we are immediately getting pulled from the Disney Afternoon uh, with our the word "damn" in the title of this song. <laughs> That's awesome. But well, Disney's taking it back. They can do any. They can do anything. Taking right? it back. Yeah, I agree. They can do whatever they want. Okay, good deal. Love that. 
best damn song. Now's the time in the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our chipper little condoms. Here's an email from our friend David. You mean chipper little chondoms. Chipper little chondoms. Oh yeah, I have to use the same phoneme. I forgot. Uh, David. Uh, Hi, David. Evidence Aker. A little late. David Cross. David Cross. This is David. Weirdly, this is David Cross. Yes, we were just talking about Mr. Show, and here it is. A little late, but here's the resequence playlist for all in good time. So this is our friend Ooh. who makes us our resequence playlist on Spotify. Wonderful. Yes. So uh, I will post those in the show notes. Uh, he says, "Sorry, the B- can't wait to listen. The B sides don't seem to be anywhere else on Spotify. Just pause and hum them to yourself instead." <laughs> Uh, David, if you ever come across a situation where the B-sides aren't listed on Spotify again, I do want you to drop in uh, John Cage's uh, 433, just like so that I have time to hum them to myself. I don't want to pause it. I want four minutes and 33 seconds of silence where you are setting aside time for me to hum. Um, He says, as for a question, you're writing a sci-fi story, and halfway through, you realize you've subconsciously made all the characters into the band. What sci-fi character archetype is each band member, and how do you subtly change them so people don't notice, knowing that it's far too late to rewrite the whole thing? As always, thanks for everything you do, David. Wow. Fucking insightful question, making a playlist for us. David fucking rules. He's my favorite. I love this guy. Uh, Okay, so sci-fi character archetypes. Very interesting. I am looking up uh, the 10 common sci-fi character archetypes right now. I feel like uh, Ed is the, um, obviously, the, the, ship, the ship captain with a checkered past. Okay, interesting. So he's our, uh, who's, who's someone, who's the, the Jungian ar- archetype for that in, in uh, sci-fi? Like, a, like Mal from Firefly. Okay, sure. That makes sense um like he's got he's got a good heart but sometimes he has to just skirt the law just just to survive sure okay uh i he run, he keeps everything together with some duct tape and some chewing oh my gum. god so his but he's got a mean side hook and he always has a six shooter on belt <laughs> very good he's got a leather duster over his old starfleet uniform i feel like i'm kind of running along the same parallel lines there because you've made me think that probably jim would be sort of that simon tam archetype of uh sort of like the the doctor who might be a villain he's kind of skeezy um he's got ulterior motives right he's he's out here he's out here for a reason like like you don't get a a top of the line medical doctor out on the frontier the space frontier yes there's something wrong we know he has something going on with him um but you know what in the end he's very charismatic and he's a lovely man um i don't think well, maybe. Wasn't he a good guy in the end? I don't actually remember anything about Firefly. It's been a million yeah, years either. since I've seen it. <laughs> we <don't... laughs> and we don't talk about yeah, Joss Whedon like, on this podcast. Uh, yeah, like, like, uh, he's either, he's a, he, he can go two ways. He's either, uh, turns out to be a, a, he gets a face. Like he's got a, his dark secret is that he's doing all these horrible things because his children are being held prisoner by the emperor. Uh-huh. Um, or he's just like a, 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 heel turn sure. right where he's he's doing this and he has no good reason for sure. it or he's doing it because he wants to get over on the on ed yeah okay but i think that i think that he's definitely a face because he and ed are like they, they work together well yes okay all right even though they don't like each no, other no of course not yeah i think they're at odds a lot um what about kevbo what's his archetype let's come up with kev i feel like kevbo is like a space magician is that an archetype in sci-fi well yeah, because there's always, like, the character who's kind of spiritual, right? Oh. And depending on the sci-fi setting, they might have, like, space magic, which could be any, like, psychic powers, or, like, they're an alien, and they've got some alien powers. Sure. Like, I'm actually, a, like, on Farscape, um, what was her name? The blue-skinned one, where she was... Can't help you, my friend. I will find out in is a he, second. So is, is he perhaps... Uh, I think his superpower is maybe luck. Where, like, everything just seems to go right for him all the time, right? So that's his augmentation, his sort of thing that he does. His magic is that he can just make any situation turn up Kev. Um, you know, even if it's raining and he can, the droplets are falling on his parade, uh, he's still going to win the day. Um, that's what he does best. Zodozan was the uh, blue skin Zod- character on Farscape. I knew you'd remember. That's yeah, a palindrome, too. That's very strange. Yeah. 
Okay. She's like a she's a plant or something, and she's got magical plant powers. Sure, of course, as all plants do. And then every once in a while, like there'll be an episode where it's like, oh, I didn't tell you, my species goes into pollination right now, so um, all of you are going to have really bad allergies for the next week. Sure. And I turn into a killing machine, so you're going to sure. want to lock yourselves in your room. Well, it also puts you all into heat. I'm sorry, like yeah. <laughs> you're all going to be crazy. Horny. This is the sex episode. Sure. Um. Let's see. Uh, Turns you into lizards. Ty is... I want to say Ty is like a Star Wars Muppet. Oh, see, but, uh, I was going to say, maybe he is a Star Wars Muppet, but I think he's also kind of the Han Solo roguish. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like the, oh, yeah, the I, could see, I could see Ty in a nice leather nice leather uh, vest. Yeah. And a, a, sh- a shirt just open, like just open like a like a, a little bit at the collar to let some chest hair out but Ooh. i don't mind if he's Ooh. both that and a muppet like a literal fucking so he's he's like the sexy muppet uh grifter i oh i, I kind of like are there sexy lot. muppets who is... i don't i know i don't know if this is something we want to talk about do not do not look it up who is the sexiest <laughs> muppet uh there's gotta be i mean well a definitive ranking of the 22 sexiest muppets baby boy number one kermit the goddamn frog (laughs) would you agree with that i mean i've never really given much thought to ranking the muppets in terms of hotness let me tell you though that they on this list of 22 muppets they they put statler and waldorf at number seven so i already (laughs) do not trust their their they're out they're out there for their mind and their witty banter yeah i guess um yeah there had to have been i don't know a lot of my female friends have said animal oh janice Janice is kind of a hot Muppet, right? Oh, yeah. From the... The, the band? Dr. Teeth? Mr. Teeth's Explosion or Dr. Teeth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What a fucking name. Dr. Dr. Teeth. Dr. Teeth. Oh, I love it. Uh, okay. Um, boy, there's... The people have been discussing this quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Top 10 sexiest. Yeah, Muppets. of course they have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I feel like Tyler's kind of a... Yeah. A roguish character. And maybe um, maybe he's the... He owns the ship. Yeah. That they're all on. Flying around the galaxy. Yeah. So he's got a... He's got to work out. Work. He's always working angles, right, to keep to keep him in the business. Right. Okay. Okay. And he and Ed sometimes work at cross purposes. Do we do we add um, Steve and Andy into this list? I don't think we do. Well, I feel like yeah, Steve was in like first two seasons or first two okay. uh, chapters. Sure. Steve is part of that, but then he turns into a he turns into like uh, a antagonist. antagonist, and it might not necessarily be a like villain, but like he definitely. I feel like Steve. Steve would be like a um like a Klingon or something. Oh, okay. Right? Oh, he's some sort of alien race that is like yeah. ugly. Well, we gotta have aliens. Okay, alright, got it. Not ugly. Klingons are beautiful. Oh, our, oh my bad. I'm so sorry to insult your your Klingon friends. And all of our Klingon friends listening to this podcast. My apologies to you. And uh Yeah, you might get yourself you might get a battle. Experience beige. My apologies. Uh <laughs> the only Klingon I know. Why would I want to experience punishment? <laughs> uh, I think Andy is, uh, as I'm looking at this list of sci-fi tropes, he is, of course, the living MacGuffin, whose blood is going to cure the disease that is raging across uh, the Queenon Empire. Uh, so we have to... I think that, rather than the Mac- I think that, like, Andy is the guy, like, the old friend whose house they stay at, like, after a big old, after a big old battle or something, where they're like... He's like one of uh one of Ed's old army buddies. Okay. All right, I like that. Sure. It does And they're like I always knew you could hide here, Andy. <laughs> okay. And he's like, "Welcome to my house" cuz he's a muppet. <laughs> yep. Okay, I think that's good. Wow. I really love this. Ev, will you write this sci-fi story for me? Nope. Okay. I also like that we defined people as muppets when the whole idea was that it's a story and not a movie, but it's okay. I like it just fine. <laughs> well, that's how I would describe him. Like he looked like a muppet. His, his felty face. skin. Yeah. <laughs> His, his lips were very mobile. Like, he talked like he had a human hand inside of his face. <laughs> I do like that. He, he, the cookie fell out of his mouth sexily. <laughs> All right, David. And when, when he opened his mouth, you saw that he had no <laughs> I hope that answers your question, bud. Ebbo, as usual, it's done, done. Oh, what an app. What a fucking got it. banger of an app. A true fucking corker of an episode. Um Ebbo, what do you have to plug this week? Um lanyards. Damn, I love don't that. Don't lose your don't lose your keys, don't want to lose your little badge to get yeah. gets you in and out of the restricted areas. Plus they're just kind of sexy, aren't they? Like a person with a lanyard on? That's Ooh, a hot yeah. look. Yeah, I mean fashionable lanyards. What's the yeah. most fashionable like lanyard you could 
lanyard fashions because i know like since quarantine we've got like mask fashion now mm-hmm. i want lanyards to come in a big way mm, i like that i like that and is it the is the fashion the lanyard itself or what you're hanging from the lanyard like you I think get like those uh those pandora those little pandora like charm bracelets you get your get them all over your lanyard that's a hot look yeah absolutely i think we have to gild our lanyard too like a nice immovable immobile lanyard <laughs> that's just like bronzed that's that's fun i kind of love that um yeah okay that's good damn lanyard fashion bring it back i'm gonna wear my mask on a lanyard too so i always have it with me oh, double yeah. fash- fashion yeah, i mean is it so lanyards are a functional fashion right we talked about that before yeah because they do something utilitarian fashion is the best fashion like a shirt yes like a shirt. <laughs> that's why do i always try to put as, get, get as many pockets as i can in my mm-hmm, shirts and pants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. i only wear cargo shorts i only wear cargo shirts because i got a lot of cargo <laughs> shirts yeah just a ton of fucking pockets on that baby um ebo this week i am going to plug winter luck in heroic fantasy quarterly number 47 that's right the seller art by miguel santos you can have an audio version of the story by karen bovenmeyer as well uh you can read it online at heroic fantasy quarterly.com it's a good story i read this week what I'm going to plug your shit if you're not going to do it, dickhead. Why would I? <laughs> because the listeners of this podcast want to read about ancient Japanese spirits in the snow. They want to be there in that in that moment with you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was good. I enjoyed it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Ten rocket dinosaurs. Ebo. Yeah. That's it. I'm Saker. Get me out of here. I'll see you in one week. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I mean...